Good morning, guys. Come on in. Take a seat. Welcome, welcome. So good to see so many smiling faces, or at least faces. 6.30 this morning. Um, For those of you I don't know, uh, I'm Jason Dillian. I'm one of the leaders here on the men's ministry at Watermark. And I say leaders very loosely because I am here with you right now, sitting down, taking notes, and learning how to be a good dad. I, I couldn't be more excited about anything that we're going over about how to be a godly, biblical, intentional parent, and I desperately need it. So coming home this week, I was sitting in the car. I got three kids, seven, five, and three. We get in the car, and my oldest son, Rain, says to me, Dad, I have one wish. And I said, I said, what's your wish? And he goes, Dad, I just wish the kingdom of heaven would come back soon. And I'm thinking, yes, intentional parenting, 101. You know, I could tell the guys about that. And my youngest son, not to be outdone at the moment, he goes, Dad, you know what I wish? I go, what? And he's like, wish we had a new car. It's like, man, you take after your mother. <laughs> but you know, it, if you guys are anything like me, there's times in your parenting life that sometimes you feel like you should run for office and the other times you should run for cover. And you can't tell the difference of which day that you're on. And of all the things that I have going on right now, and it's, I'm sure you guys are just like me, I'm trying to be an intentional dad. I'm trying to be an intentional employee. I'm trying to be an intentional husband. I'm trying to be an intentional coach for my kids. You know, I'm trying to be intentional leading here. And the reality is, is the thing that often gets dropped is my kids. Right? And so as we dive into this and we just we learn from guys like Kyle and Todd and people that have actually walked down the path, you know, it's the old Chinese saying the best way to know what's down the path is ask those walking back. And just to hear what God says about this. And there is nothing more important that we can do than raise the next generation of biblical leaders. All the noise you're seeing out there, everything that you read on your Facebook account, your Twitter account, and everything else, all the problems we have in the world, most of those stem from the fact that there's not true authentic male leadership growing our children. And so I'm so excited for what we're going through right now. I'm so excited to be out there and just taking notes and learning, letting God continue to plant this in my heart. And it doesn't matter whether you got little itty-bitty ones, that this is the beginning of your path, whether your kids are out of the house, this is for all of us. This is for us as dads learning how to be uh, godly parents so that we can be wonderful husbands and wonderful dads at the same time. So uh, I'm excited to have Kyle come up and teach us today. But before I do that, let's, uh, let's open with a word of prayer. Father, we are just so thankful that this morning it was your sovereign hand that woke us up, not just the alarm clock, that you're giving us another chance. But because of what you've done on the cross, Father, we have another chance to be better dads, better husbands, better friends. And we just ask that you'll use this time this morning to still the noise, to allow us to find a signal in all of this, knowing that it is truly your heartbeat to raise godly kids so that we can bring you glory. We just thank you for this time. Thank you for the men that have put this together, but more importantly, just for the men that are here, that long desperately to be more like your son and to follow in his footsteps. So open our hearts this morning, Father. It's your name we pray. Amen. Guys, how you doing? Good. Great to see you all uh, this morning. Um, I'm going to agree with Jason and uh, let you know that even though my kids are sophomore, I have twins that are sophomores in college, Kelsey and Kaylee, Baylor and A&M, and then I have Kendall, who's a senior in high school. <clears throat> and so Jason said, I've kind of gone this path before you. That's true. 
in the sense that I have older kids, but I also am still parenting. And I will give you a perfect example in that last year, about this time, my, one of my daughters told me that she was going to a friend's house. This was at nine or 10 in the morning. And so that's what she told her mom and her dad. And she was in the car and, uh, I get a call an hour and a half later and she goes, dad, I'm okay. But I just got rolled two times in a pickup truck. And I'm like, well, the person you're with who's driving doesn't own a pickup truck. And so I hop on the phone. I don't call mom till later, just so you know. Okay, I get the call first. We go see what's happening. And so I drive up on a scene. There's a fire truck, there's two police officers, and there's a pickup truck upside down with a, a humongous dent right in the passenger side where, where my daughter was riding. And she was not with a girlfriend. She was with a fella. And so that little girl got busted, okay, for deception and managing information. And so I, I'm, I just want to tell you, I'm still in it. <laughs> right? And you guys need to know that this parenting thing doesn't, it just doesn't end, right? Your roles change and all that kind of stuff, but we're still rest of the great news, <coughs> excuse me, is uh, she was okay. And God used it as an amazing lesson for her that I don't know about you, but for the guys that have older kids, this whole idea of managing information and twisting the truth to get what you want is really prevalent. And so we, and so look, right, guys are snickering because it's true in all of us, right? We all have that deal. But I mean, we kind of busted our daughter on this pretty hard. And for a while she was like, hey, dad, everybody does that. They just manage information and tell little, little white lies and all that kind of stuff. And she goes, so it feels like you guys are going overboard because we grounded her like crazy, took technology away. I went to her small group, much to her chagrin, and I said, my daughter has a problem and she has a problem with managing the truth. So all, ladies who I, all, I know all of them really well, they're close friends. And I said, you have got to help my daughter because this is an issue for her is that she manages information to get exactly what she wants. So the point of all that, I'm still in it, right? So we need to pray for each other. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna spend about 20, 25 minutes here talking about how we lead our families, and then I'm gonna cut you guys loose to have a good 55 minutes or an hour around the table so you guys can flesh this out. Because I firmly believe a philosophy of ministry of mine is that life change happens best in small groups. And so I can be up here and I can teach for however long and some information will get transferred, but it happens when you're doing life on life and you're asking questions, you're saying, hey, here's the battle I'm in. My kid didn't roll in a truck with a guy she wasn't supposed to be with, right? But my three-year-old looked back at me and said, I'm the boss, right? And so we've all got these things. So let's get started. Uh, there are three things as we go. Some of you guys are younger dads. Some of you guys are older dads. There's three things I want to mention to you as we start here. Number one, listen loud and clear. You're going to need this for the next 25 years, okay? God's grace covers a multitude of parenting mistakes. Write it down, 
memorize it, make it part of your life because you are going to blow it left and right. Number two, really good parents have prodigal kids. Okay, really good parents have prodigal kids. As an example, Garden of Eden, perfect father, perfect environment and culture, rebellious children. Okay, so don't, it's, when things are going off with your kids, we find, especially the moms, we found so many folks, it's my fault, it's my fault, it's my fault. Don't panic, right? It's a marathon, okay? And know that you can do a lot of things right and still have a prodigal child. You have more impact than you think and less control than you think. So your kids are gonna pick up a ton of stuff, but you don't have as much control as you think you do of your kids because your kids may just decide to go off and do their own deal. And the last thing is it's never too late to be a great parent. So if you're looking back at your parenting life or you're looking back at the last three years of your parenting life or 25 years, it's never too late. I don't care if you're here and you're a granddad. It is never too late to start being a great parent to your kids. And so what we're gonna talk about today is really three things. How do we lead our families, okay, towards godliness? And we're gonna talk really three things, leading yourself, leading your spouse, and then leading your children. And we're gonna talk about some real practical ways for you to do that, and then I want y'all to flesh that out uh, in your small group. And so why is it important to lead yourself? Here you go. Another thing to write down. Your kids will get your junk. Your hurts, your habits, and your hangups. If you don't deal with them, your kids are going to get them. Lust is an idol of mine. And I've made good progress in that by the grace of God over the last few years. But one of my kids confessed to me a year or a year and a half ago, hey, dad, I really struggle with book porn Right, I read romantic novels that have sex scenes in them, okay, that probably aren't good for me. And we had no idea, right? And so, it, and, and I have done a pretty good job, but it still happened with her. Your kids will get your junk. And so it is critically important for you to start to work on and deal with your stuff, leading yourself is really, really important. And it's why the homework this week, I don't know how deeply you got into the homework, but the life of Solomon is a perfect example of what happens. We've got a little slide here. First Kings 3, 3 through 14, just talks about the early years. First Kings 8, 22 through 66, talks about he was on fire, right, is what was going on uh, in his life. And then 1 Kings 10 through 1 Kings 11 talks about just his accumulation and the wealth that he accumulated, all that stuff, okay? And then it talks about the downfall of really three things. He loved women, he loved wealth, and he loved wheels. And what I mean by that is he went back and bought chariots and horses from Egypt who God had explicitly told him in Deuteronomy 17, 500 years before, don't go back to Egypt and buy those things. And so Solomon had not dealt with the idols in his life 
and it cost him the kingdom of God. There's one of the saddest lines in all the scripture in the story of Solomon, and it says that God ripped the kingdom from his hands because he did not deal with the idols that were in his life. So I just wanna tell you the first thing you guys wanna pay attention to as you think about leading yourself is begin to make progress on the things that give you life other than a relationship with the Lord. And so if you're here today and you know there's some of that and you're stuck in that process, man, it would be great for you to jump into Regen, right? And begin to think through those things. Begin to talk to guys at your table. Hey, here are the areas I'm stuck in and I'm afraid I'm gonna pass those on to my kids. And so the scripture tells us a lot about leading ourselves. Proverbs 4.23, basically, um, above all else, guard your heart for it determines the course of your life. Goes on in 1 Timothy 1.5 says, but the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. 1 Timothy 4.16 says, pay close attention to yourself and to your teaching, right? Persevere in these things for as you do this, you will ensure salvation both for yourself and for those who hear you. The scripture talks a ton about the importance of paying attention to our own soul, our own heart. What is going on? One of the reason God gives us those instructions is because your kids will get your stuff. And that's really scary, right? When you think about your mess and all the stuff in your life that's caused you pain, it's really scary. I'll tell you another idol in my life that I had is I have, my youngest daughter is a really good athlete and I played collegiate sports and love it and I love sports and all that kind of stuff. Well, she started in third grade playing soccer and a coach from a, another team came and said, hey, she's really good. Can she play on my team? I'm like, yeah. And next coach comes up and says, hey, she's doing really well at this level. Can you come be on my team? And so that all started in third grade. And by seventh grade, Kendall is playing in the top league in the country. It's called ECNL. And she is on the, the number eight team in the country. Okay, we're traveling all over the country, all that kind of stuff. And I am blowing hours of my life, okay, looking at websites and blogs and all that kind of stuff about how's this team doing and who are we playing and when are they going to this tournament. And I started finding my identity, okay, and how good a soccer player my daughter was. And so what do you think that did? That probably put pressure on my kid. I didn't ever come out and have to say, hey, you've got to play soccer, right? You got to do that. But I would ask questions after games and we'd start talking about, well, hey, I didn't think so-and-so played very well or all that kind of stuff. And Kendall got really pissed. And so what I figured out a little while later is what we would all say who played sports is, hey, I just went to war with those 16 people, right? Don't say anything negative. What are you saying about me when I'm not in the room, right? And I finally figured out, no matter how Kendall played, no matter how frustrated I was with her performance, she came off the field, I would give her a hug, kiss her on the top of the head, and say, I love to watch you play. Good, bad, indifferent. But one of my idols was, I was finding my identity through those sports, that competitiveness, and I had to deal with that. And so Kendall just said, hey dad, I am feeling some pressure from you. And so the great news is we kind of made progress. We worked on that. That was real public with Kindle. 
And she knew that that was a struggle for me. And so she ended up quitting in ninth grade. She didn't feel pressure from me. Yesterday was signing day for all of her great friends that played on that soccer club that all went and have D1 scholarships. And I was great with it because I had paid attention to my soul. So I just wanna tell you guys, it's so important to deal with that stuff. So it's important to lead, uh, lead yourself. And so the most important thing that your kids can see, here's the summary of all of that, is they need to see a dad who is changing in front of them. Okay, so if my dad at the age of six was angry and frustrated at the age of eight, they need to see a dad who is less angry and less frustrated. They need to see a dad that is paying attention to his soul and growing because it gives them hope. They figure out really fast that they're not perfect. Your kids do. Okay, and they need to say, see that there is hope for them to change and that happens because you are changing in front of them. And if you don't know, if you're stuck and you don't know where you need to go, please let us know because we want to help you with that. The second part of that is just leading yourself. You want to be a disciple. And all a disciple means is that you want to be a learner. That's all a disciple is. We talk about all the time around here, we're calling all people to be fully devoted followers of Christ. And so dealing with your idols and just making God's word and God's ways, let them have the run of the house. Todd talked about it last week. Last week was week one, commit. And we told our kids early on, and I think this is a great, a great pattern or principle for you guys to do. You ought to declare, I don't know how old your kids are, but you ought to declare to your family that we are going to do this God's way. It will save you a ton of discipline issues and a ton of other issues. If you just declare with your wife, hey, we are gonna raise our family God's way. It's a little bit like Joshua, right? Joshua 24, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Declare it early and often because what happens is when it's time to discipline or bring consequences, you can go back and you can say, hey, we've said we're gonna do this God's way. And God's word says this. And so that's, that's how we're gonna do this. And I have said multiple times to my kids, I am so sorry that you got born into this family, right? You didn't have a choice, but we are a family who was gonna do it God's way. And so you didn't have a choice in that, but this is where you are. This is where God's put you. And there's a lot of times that you don't like that. But it's important to declare that early and often. And so spending time with the Lord is so important. Memorizing, meditating, journaling God's word. And so for some of y'all, y'all are doing great with that. With others of y'all, that may be start with 10 minutes a day, 15 minutes a day. But it's what I just talked about is your kids need to see you growing as a disciple. Spending time with God's word. Todd talked about last week, in, um, in the message, right, be, be a follower of Christ. It's one of the things that you can do. And so one of the great stories at Watermark since I've been on staff was we were in an early morning Bible study with a bunch of staff people, just you could choose to come and be a part of this. And 
all the directors were up and pontificating on what they'd learned and all this kind of stuff. And I had a brand new assistant um, that was helping out named Aaron Shipley. Some of y'all may know Aaron. And Aaron, scared to death, stood up in this group of guys and gals that are directors and older than her. And she just goes, hey, I'll tell you what, um, what made the change in my life. She was going through a prodigal season in her life where she was doing a lot of stuff her parents didn't want her to do. And she stood up and she just said to all of us, she said, let me tell you, when I was elementary school teenagers, I'd get up at five or six in the morning to go use the restroom. And I would see my dad, room's dark, light on with his Bible, on his knees, praying, studying God's word. She said, that's the thing that tipped the scale for me is that I watched my dad love Jesus. And so that's the next thing you've got to model for your kids, right? If you want to be the man for the job, right? You have got to model an intimate growing relationship with Christ. Somebody who is pursuing a relationship with Jesus. So leading yourself is really important, right? Dealing with your idols and disciplining yourself towards godliness, practicing the disciplines. Again, the guys at your table can help you think through that if that's new information for you. So leading yourself first. The second is you have got to lead your spouse, right? And so why is this so important? You hear it a lot, but I don't hear a lot of people talk about why it's so important for being a dad. Let me tell you why. Okay, your kids will learn about every relationship they will ever have based on how you treat your wife. They start at the age of one day old, maybe earlier, knowing, understanding the environment that is in your house. And they are going to base how they treat other people, how they care for other people, how they love other people, based on how they grow up in a house where the two, the primary relationship they see is mom and dad. It has a humongous effect on your kids. And so I know a lot of us don't wanna hear that, right? Because marriage is really hard. It's really difficult. It's easy to get stuck, okay? But I will tell you, Ephesians 5, 25, and you guys know this, and it's just kind of an overarching verse, but it says, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Look, Christ gave his life for the church, sacrificed everything for the church, left the comfort of Father, Son, Holy Spirit in heaven, moved into the neighborhood, flesh and blood, and went to the cross for the church. And so us making those sacrifices Okay, for our spouses, your kids are gonna grow up and they're gonna say, that's how I care for people. I love and I sacrifice and I initiate and I do all things. That's where that relationship is. So if you're here and there is conviction, no guilt or shame, none of that, but there is conviction about the state of your marriage, man, let's talk about it. Right, re-engage is here every Monday night. It's great for you to work on your marriage, even if it just needs a tune-up, okay? Re-engage is a great place, and not just for your marriage, because it impacts your kids 
in amazing ways is that relationship with your wife. And so your kids need a model who is loving their wife in a loving and sacrificial way. That's what they need to see. They need to see a dad who's growing and they need to see a dad who is loving their wife sacrificially. It's hard guys, it's really simple, but it's really difficult. Okay, remember what I said at the beginning, right? God's grace covers a multitude of parenting mistakes. God's grace covers a multitude of marriage mistakes. Okay, all those things. So this is not guilt and shame. This is, hey, let's put a stake in the ground and say, if I wanna be a great dad, if I wanna be the man for the job, okay, I've gotta pay attention to my marriage and to my wife. And because my kids are gonna learn about every relationship they ever have from that. And that's why it matters so much. Okay, the last thing is, how do we lead our kids And so the primary passage you guys studied some last week, Deuteronomy 6, one through nine is the foundational passage of scripture for parenting. So if you wanna do something that's gonna benefit you for the next 25 years of your parenting life, memorize Deuteronomy 6, one through nine. Because it tells you what to teach your kids, how to teach your kids. The most important thing about teaching your kids, which is in verse six, have this in your heart so that you will be able to teach others also. Verse six says, it talks about lead yourself. Talks about when and how to do that. There's a couple of other verses that I memorized early on that are in Proverbs 22, six. Train up a child in the way that he should go and in the end, he will not depart from it. That's not a promise, that's a principle, okay? Good parents have prodigal kids, okay? But it's a principle in scripture that if you train your kids up, chances are they're not gonna depart from it. The other one is, is Ephesians 6, 4. It says, fathers, specifically to fathers, don't exasperate your kids or provoke your kids, but train them up in the instruction and discipline of the Lord. And so I told you guys at the beginning, the Keglers have bet the farm on God's way, okay? That the Bible is God's word and it is gonna have the run of our house. And we tell our kids that all the time. So it is so important to be intentional about doing that. So here's what I wanna do today. When we say lead your family spiritually, there's all kinds of images that run through our head. You're getting pictures of, I have to spend an hour every day preparing a devotional for dinner, right? I'm not talking about that. If you're leading yourself, okay, if you're spending time in God's word in the morning, all you have to do is think about, okay, this is what I'll talk to my kids about tonight whether it's the journey, and you have a five-minute conversation around the table, here's, here's what I learned today, or here's what I can teach you today, or here's the warning that I got today. Okay, so this is moment-by-moment stuff. Look, I hope you do some structured Bible study time as my kids got older. We'll talk about this next week. I have a list of about 60 things that at the age of 12, I wrote, and once a month, we just did a Kegler family time. And so I'd do it when it was convenient for them, basically. They'd let them sleep in, we'd take an hour, and we would talk about stuff like how to study the Bible. 
Super spiritual, right? Another one we did was how to maintain a car. Okay, we did all kinds of stuff that my girls need to know before they head off for college. And so it's easy, make a list, right? Of all the things you want your boys or girls to know before they leave for college and start doing one a week or one a month or something in order to be intentional with the discipleship and training of your kids. Okay, uh, Rick Howard, great dad on staff with us. He wanted to teach his kids how to barbecue. He wanted to teach his boys how to play golf. That was part of the training. But sprinkled in there or part of that was, hey, how do you train them, raise them to be godly? How do you want them to treat women? You guys know this, right? It's just a matter of taking the time and energy that you, to, to do it, right? And how, how do we do it at age appropriate times? And so it is really important for you to be intentional about training your kids. And we'll, we'll give you a model next week when we're together about how, how to begin to train your kids. And I think it'll be detailed. I think it'll be really helpful for you. So I, I'm gonna close with this. So there are three things that I think are culture setting musts for parents. Okay, one I've already talked about is you need to declare to your kids Okay, that we have bet the farm on God's way. That's just how we're gonna do it. Okay, and so you want a culture of that in your house. And so I really, some of you guys know Scott Michael that's on our staff. Scott has, as part of the decoration in his kitchen, uh, a blackboard with really pretty cute colored chalk, right? Written so it looks like part of the decor of the kitchen, but it's the nine family values that they have. He stole them from Watermark. And he's just got them on the, it's, it's in the kitchen. It's part of the decor. Is This is how we're going to lead our family. And he's put those on there. Cut your creative wives loose, man. Say, hey, what are the things that we want to make part of our family that are visible that are around our house? And so that's the first one. You wanna bet the farm on God's way. The second one is it's really important to lead authentically in your home. And this is all an age appropriate conversation, but you need to let your kids in on your struggles as early as it's appropriate. And so some of you guys have heard me tell the story, but early on, um, as we were doing the sex talks and all that kind of stuff with our girls and all that kind of stuff. Um, I, I, at one point we kind of revealed to the girls that guys like to look at girls' bodies and they're like, ooh, gross, that's nasty, what's that? They just, they just didn't get it, right? When we started talking about it. And so over time, they obviously got it. Okay, and I told them fairly early that, hey, this is a struggle for your dad right, that I like to look at naked women's bodies. That is a struggle. And so what happened was over the course of time, because that became common information at our house, anytime a Victoria's Secret commercial came on or something inappropriate came on, the girls would go up to the armoire, close the doors and say, hey, dad, me and you, right here, right? Right here, dad, me. So they're helping me in our home Okay, deal with it. But they did that because I was authentic about telling them what my struggle was. Mavericks games. Now, Mavericks dancers come out and start dancing. My girls are like, hey, dad, me and you, right, right here. I learned that from Wagner, right? And so let them know what your struggles are 
and let them help you with that because it gives them hope that they can change because they are gonna have idols in their lives just like we do. And leading authentically in your home, asking your kids forgiveness, dropping down on one knee when they're three years old and saying, hey, Johnny, I'm so sorry, dad got angry and I blew it. Will you forgive me? I'm serious, at three. And begin to make that common language around your house. Be authentic. They do not need to see a dad who's pretending to have it all together. Okay, they need to see a dad who's honest about the stuff that he struggles with. That's the second, lead authentically. And then the last thing I would say is you wanna make your home the place. And it's the reason I got up after Wagner spoke last week and said, let me tell you a characteristic of his house. It is the funnest house in the neighborhood. And you want to make your house really fun. You wanna make it the place where kids come over, hang out. You want to be engaged, whether that's coaching teams or however you get to know your kids' friends. You want to have fun with your kids. Make your home really fun. Compete with them. When they wanna go do other stuff, make your home a really good option. So Joey's here, a good buddy of mine. And so they have a deal at Christmas and I'm not gonna get all the details right, but all the different family members try to win a contest of taking pictures of them in the ugliest Maverick sweaters you have ever seen. Okay, and so they are all, whenever they go on trips, whenever they go different places, they take these ugly sweaters and they try to win the contest whenever the whole family's around at Christmas and there's a prize for the most awkward or the most unusual or the most outlandish picture of Joey with one of his daughters in the ugly sweater. And so all year long, They're trying to have fun together. Hey, how can we win the contest? How can we do this? And so set up stuff like that so that all year long, there's stuff that we can talk about to have fun together. So make your home really, really fun. So those those are the big three, right? Declare, Deuteronomy 6 is gonna have the run of the house. Number two, live authentically before your kids. And number three, make your home a really, really fun place. Those are the cultural biggies as you try to be a dad. So I'm gonna ask you, last week I asked you to be courageous. You guys are gonna talk about it around your tables to go home and talk to your wives about Deuteronomy 6. Get on the same page with them about leading your home. I hope a lot of you guys do that. For some of you guys, I know that was a risk. I'm gonna ask you to take a risk again this week. This is about growth for us as dads. In the back of your little handout that you've got for week two, is Todd mentioned this last week, now you have it. It's both a spouse and a kid survey. Okay, so I am gonna ask you when you go home tonight, don't wait till Friday, okay? When you go home tonight, I'm gonna ask you to slide the spouse survey to your spouse and the kid survey to your kids. Now your kids may be young enough to where they can't write that down. Some of the treasures I have in my house is the early years when my kids were three and four and Trish would sit down with them and think about what do you like most about your dad? And they would have something down. What do you dislike the most about your dad? He spanks me, right? That showed up, right? So, and so it was super honest, which was great. So my, my point is give those to your wife and your kids early. Let your wife help your kids, even if they're young, okay? And get them to fill out that survey for you. 
Give them the freedom to be honest. Give your spouse the freedom to be honest. And let me give you just a caution. This is another thing I've taught my girls for years. And I'm gonna tell you because it's really gonna help you. Tough skin, soft heart. Boys, be ready. Okay, because if you give that to your spouse and you give her the freedom to be honest, she may tell you some things that you may not wanna hear. And so you wanna have a tough skin and you wanna receive that, okay, for the way that's intended and you wanna have a soft heart and you wanna respond to her, anybody else in kindness as they even say that. That's a great principle to teach your kids about just growing up in the culture that we have. They're gonna have coaches yelling at them. They're gonna have teachers that are unfair. They're gonna have all that kind of stuff. And to teach your kids tough skin, soft heart is a really good principle. And I'm telling you, you may need this, okay? For the surveys that you're gonna give your kids, but do it. It will be a great exercise for you. Let me pray for us and we'll jump into our small group time. Father, thank you for the privilege uh, to be together this morning. Um, It just blesses me when I see a bunch of guys get up early and wanna know how to be a better dad. I pray for the guys that, um, Father, that there's conviction in their heart right now, that they would understand your grace and your mercy and that they would just resolve, Father, to start today being a great dad. So Father, would you help them to understand grace and mercy? Father, for all of us in here, we need your help. Nobody's got it together as a parent, nobody. And so help us to follow you with all our heart to just serve you in this marathon of parenting. And Father, we do. We wanna be a people who are raising the next generation of courageous Christian leaders. And so would you help us to do that in Jesus' name? All right, jump into your small groups, guys, and we'll be back with you right at eight o'clock. All right, guys, just want to be good stewards of your time. I hope you had good conversation around the table. One of the things that that Kyle said today, and um, just as I was thinking about this, you know, we got to spend an hour and a half together. Malcolm Gladwell, in one of his books, Outliers, he writes, to be good at anything, you have to spend 10,000 intentional hours. So he talks about Bill Gates, how he got 10,000 hours of coding in before he started Microsoft, or some of the top athletes in the world, they spend 10,000 hours of practice. And the question you ask yourself is, have I spent 10,000 hours with my kids? So I did the math, right? 10,000 hours, break it down by 18, 18 years, and you roughly have 12, 12 hours a day. That basically says you have to be around your kids an hour and a half every day. And if you take that to Deuteronomy 6, that does not mean sit around and do an hour and a half of Bible studies. And if you do, and you do that and you can do that, come talk to me because we have a book to write, right? <laughs> But for the rest of us human beings, right, it's more like, how do we infuse that into our lives that we talk about it as we walk along the road, as we have dinner, as we take our kids to sports practice, as we talk about dating? How do we infuse that in their lives then? And one thing that, you know, I'm learning right now, and I can tell you that at our house, my wife and I, we don't argue. We have what we call intense moments of fellowship, And because of my wonderful personality, I have the ability to get harsh and not gentle at all. And I never heard my dad growing up say, I'm sorry. And I've had multiple times in my marriage, and I continue to, where I have to tell my wife that I'm sorry because I was ungentle. I did not care for her well. I did not lead her well. 
And I'm learning also how to tell my children about that and apologize to them for how dad treated their mom or how dad treated them. And God is working with me on that. He continues to work with me. But as he's doing that, I'm seeing him work that out in my, in my sons and daughters. And I am just so thankful that that grace is flowing through and that they're learning that now because God is working with me to be intentional. You're not going to get 10,000 hours of Bible study with your kids, guys. But you can walk with them to school, right? You can talk to them in the car. You can pray with them. And this week we're going to get a chance. As you take that questionnaire home to give it to your wife, to give it to your kids, I just encourage you, as you do that, be brave about giving it to them, and then just listen. Listen to their hearts. I'm quick to talk, and I'm sure sometimes you guys are like us where we're quick to fix it. This isn't about fixing. It's about living authentically and letting God work through us. As he continues to refine and sanctify us, he can continue to refine and sanctify our families. And that's really what he's asking for. So let me pray. If you guys want to continue to talk at your table, please do. Stay as long as you like. But let me pray for us in this week. Father, I just thank you for this room of guys that you are continuing to work on our lives, become more godly, transparent, authentic, real men so that we can have godly, authentic, transparent, real families. When people see that, they're going to say, what's in that family? And we hope they say it's Jesus. So go with us today. We have our faults and our sins and our troubles. And we've carried some in our room and some that we're going to continue to carry out. We just pray you'll continue to, um, as iron sharpens iron, refine that in us. Work on us. Make us more like your son. Please go with us this week. It's your name we pray. Amen.